I am Manuela Bonanno from Columbia University and here today with Christine Aglova. Uh, please, Christine, uh, introduce yourself. Where do you work? I'm Christine Glover, I'm from Heidelberg in Germany and I'm working in the German Cancer Research Center in the Department of Medical Physics and Radiation Oncology. And my working group is named Applied Physics in Radiation Oncology. And we are a very diverse group with a lot of uh, physicists mm -hmm. and two biologists. And I am one of these biologists. I see. And uh, what's your line of work or what are you, what are you working on uh, these days? So I'm focusing on carbon ion radiotherapy because we have this unique uh, facility in Heidelberg with the, uh, with the one gantry which is clinically used in, in the world. And we have um, three patient treatment rooms and another uh, experimental room where we can irradiate animals or cells at night. Yeah. So it's a totally dedicated to uh, research? Yeah, it's, it's for clinical research and also for um, laboratory research or animal research. I see. Yeah. So you say it's carbon ions, so must be um, uh, related to radiotherapy treatments, right? Uh, what's your model and what you are looking at? So at the moment we are really um, using carbon ions, but we are also able to use protons and heavier ions like oxygen ions. And at the moment I'm working with a prostate cancer model, which is a very unique system because it's uh, established on rats, syngenaic, mm -hmm. so this means that we really can um, work with a complete immune system, which is not that normal in the radiation therapy treatment society, because normally they are using human tumors, which are transplanted on nude mice or rats, and then you don't have the complete immune system. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a big advantage of our um, studies. And the second big thing about these tumor models is that they consist of different sublines, so they are originated from one um, tumor subline. This is the R3327 uh, Dunning prostate tumor. And then they are were transplanted uh, sequentially of the animals and so we get uh, different sublines with different characteristics like different um, growth rates, different differentiations or so how the, the vessels look like and um, how they benign or malignant then they are and how radioresistant they are because they are also different in the hypoxic status. Mm -hmm. And so we have a, a whole variety which is also seen in the, in the clinic and we can um, irradiate them and then see which tumors are most beneficial for carbon ion. Mm -hmm. Well, you were mentioning that you, um, you have access to uh, carbon being proton uh, beans and uh, oxygen. So what's the advantage? of using uh, these um, particles compared to like a, a traditional or conventional uh, radiotherapy treatments with x-rays or? So there is known since many years that there are two main advantages. So on the one hand, there is the physical advantage of the uh, unique depth dose profile of these particles because uh, normal x-rays, they deposit their energy over a wide range and the most energy near the, the entrance region. So uh, below the skin and the particles are um, deposit nearly all of their energies in, in a deep um, manner uh, dependent on their energy so you can reach deep-seated tumors 
and you are also able to spare the normal tissue which is uh, proximal to this energy deposition break peak and this is um, very unique to get more dose in the tumor and to spare the normal tissue around the tumor. Yeah. And so avoid any uh, severe uh, lead yeah. effect, right? So um, why are you, well, we, we know that there are uh, some results from Japan about carbon ion and Germany as well. Why are you uh, guys trying to look at the um, uh, advantages that other uh, particles such as oxygen, for example? So for carbon ions, it is at least um, assumed in cell culture that they are especially good for hypoxic tumors. Mm -hmm. And this is because of the, the high LET and because you have these um, densely ionizing uh, track structures where you can uh, induce very complex DNA double strand breaks and they are very um, difficult to repair and lead to more cell kill. And this is at least um, very good to, cal to, to, uh, to kill hypoxic cells because they are not that easy to kill if, um, because they do not um, fix the, the um, damage in the, in the DNA when oxygen is not present. And if you go to higher LETs like oxygen ions, it would be assumed to be even more effective. effective but yeah, yeah, but it's not, it's not shown at the moment in, in vivo. It's just like cell culture experiments. And so we are now um, establishing data sets for carbon ions and oxygen ions with different in vivo models, mm -hmm. which will be then a new, unique data set which you really can translate into the clinical yeah. trials. Well, I know that uh, uh, you can um, work a little bit on the energy of these um, ions and then try to get uh, a Bragg peak, which is a little bit like an, um, a little bit larger than the uh, what we think is the um, the, the, the Bragg peak. Um, so, uh, and in that way, you can really. Uh, try to uh, target a tumor which is not like you know like a pencil yeah. um, so do you have these capabilities there yeah yeah so we we um, superimpose um, break peaks with different energies to get a, a so-called spread out break peak and in our case um, we are treating tumors which are 10 millimeters in diameter and our break peak is then 20 millimeters in diameter so that we have a, uh, enough margin yeah. to really cover the complete tumor volume yeah, and don't have these fall off effects at the end of at the, the, the distal edge of an the exit, break peak. An exit yeah. dose so that we really end. have a complete homogeneous dose distribution I through see. the tumor volume. So uh, tell me more in practical terms uh, what's your uh, like experiment is about. What do you um, look at? What are your biological endpoints? So I am transplanting these uh, tumor fragments, which are originated from these typical um, or this special red, which is the Copenhagen red. And this is a very um, like originated normal red. So it's no, no typical laborator laboratory mm -hmm. red where you have like many gene deletions or something. So it's, yeah, it's a, um, a very, um, um, it's a very immune com. Um, oh, it, it's, it's not immune compromised. It's, yeah, right? it's not immune compromised. So it's, yeah. yeah, and we transplant then different kinds of tumors, 
and then they grow, mm -hmm. dependent on their volume doubling time. And when they are 10 millimeter in diameter, we irradiate them with either photons or carbon ions, because uh, photons is always yeah, our your reference, our reference. radiation. Yeah. Yeah. And um, our biological endpoint mm -hmm. is uh, local tumor control, mm -hmm. so that we are really near at the, at the clinics. Uh, after 300 days. So it's about one year observation time wow. after irradiation. These are long studies. Yeah. Right. And then we do dose response studies, so irradiating mm -hmm. different dose levels with normally about six animals per dose level, so that we really can have um, the percentage of local controlled tumors mm -hmm. per, per dose level and then calculate the TCT50 value, so the dose which is mm -hmm. um, applied to control 50% of the tumors. And do you have already, because I, 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 those are very long studies, do you have already some results that you can uh, share? Yeah, so we have um, completed the results with one fraction uh, mm -hmm. irradiation. This is already with carbon, with carbon uh, which energy um, and LET? The uh, average LET is 75 keV per micron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, with two fractions, it is also finished, but it's not uh, published yet. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, we are uh, in the observation time of six fraction irradiation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with these three different sublines, which are varying in their differentiation and hypoxic status. Yeah, I see. I see. So I guess your next step in your research is really trying to um, characterize uh, many different. Um, um, ions or different LETs in, uh, for your animal studies. Yeah, um, I was curious um, because you, you started saying that you, where you work um, there are physicists, there are biologists. How is it for you um, the, um, being able to work with physicists and biologists in, in, in the same lab. Uh, I mean, as a radiobiologist, I always worked uh, with physicists and biologists at the same time. Is it easy for you to, you know, talk to physicists and let them know what you're looking for and the rationale of your work? And at the same time, are they open to, you know, try different things for biological research? Yeah, so our physicists are very open, but yeah, you really have to, to talk a lot of, uh, to talk a lot with them because sometimes they are not that deep in biology, so you really have to, to think about how to explain. Or at the same time, biologists want something yeah. that physics is, is not yeah. Support. And they always complain that biology is so complex. <laughs> yeah, or uh, things don't work all the time the same. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but it's in, in this field. I think it's very necessary to have both directions, and you you need physicists because you are not able to do Absolutely. everything on your own, and you need physicists to um, to adapt the plan. And also to do the dosimetry, which is so critical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Christine, do you want to um, do you want to cover something else? Uh, something else that we didn't talk about? Um, anything about your results or your future plans? Yes, I can um, uh, give you some results. So. What we at the moment see for one fraction irradiation, so for single uh, dose irradiation, that it is really uh, beneficial in very um, fast mm -hmm. or yeah, effective in fast growing undifferentiated tumors. Mm -hmm. 
where the hypoxia is uh, big because there we get the largest RBE and this is about 2.3 at the moment for carbon ions. Wow. And Again, when, that's 75 kV yeah. per micron, yeah. 2.5 uh, RB, 2.3 And there is a slow increase if you go to two or six fractions, which mm -hmm. is about 2.4 or at least 2.5 for six mm -hmm. fractions. Yeah, and if you go to more differentiated tumors, then the RBE decreases. Um, for the HI tumor, it's about 2.1. And then for the H tumor, which is very um, benign, mm -hmm. it decreases to 1.6. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is not due to the carbon ions. This is due to the um, photon dose response curve, which is our reference. Mm -hmm. Because for the benign tumors, um, you can r really cure them good with photons. And so you only have like a shift of the of the photon dose response curve, and the carbon dose response curve nearly st stayed at the same right. dose, and therefore you get these um, uh, lower RBE values. Mm -hmm. But the, the very interesting thing about this is that it's really true. Like you have some exactly. some threshold yes. where you irradiate with carbon ions, and then it, it's not that dependent on tumor intrinsic factors like hypoxia or the intratumoral heterogeneity. You are mm -hmm. able to cure tumors. Yeah. And the second thing which was very interesting for us is that um, when you irradiate very heterogeneous tumors with uh, photons, mm -hmm. you get a very shallow dose response curve. Mm -hmm. And if we do the same with carbon ions, we get a steep dose response curve. So that there is really, um, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that there is really the, um, the conclusion that you are less dependent on these tumor resistance factors and also on tumor heterogeneity, which would be very beneficial for clinical treatment. For clinical treatment, particularly of tumors that are very difficult to treat yeah. Yeah, and don't respond uh, very well to um, conventional uh, radiotherapy. Yeah. Um, just another question. Um, you say that you, you work with the prostate uh, mm -hmm. cancer model, but I know that you are also involved or collaborate for um, um, spinal cord uh, irradiation. Can you just touch, uh, just tell us a little bit about that model too? Yeah, so in our group there are two biologists. One of them is, uh, I'm the biologist, I'm working with the tumor model, and there's another postdoc, which is Maria Saga. Mm -hmm. She's working with the normal tissue and she is mainly interested in uh, spinal cord and the uh, different fractionation schemes and how the, um, the, the, what's the word? So the injury of the, of the spinal cord is uh, dependent on the different LETs, so okay. between the plateau and the different um, energies at the spread out back peak and before the spread out back peak to really see the LET dependence of the uh, injury. I see, in and she tissue. uses the same model, uh, it's a rat uh, model? It's a, it's a rat model, but it's a Spagdoli rat. Okay. Yeah, which was... Um, More specific for... Which is yeah it's used for spinal cord irradiation since I think about thirty years. I see. Yeah, so which was established, established from from Albert van der Kogel. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, decades before, and so you have like literature values for everything. You can compare it with different um, X-ray schedules and so on. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else that you want to add? No. <laughs> then uh, I thank you very much for taking the time to, to talk to us for the podcast. And uh, 
I'm looking forward to, to read more about your studies and uh, good luck. Thank and you very much. With your work.